Hello, listeners. This is The Muse speaking. This podcast was made possible in part due to Dr. Angela Hunter at the UA Little Rock English Department. This interview will feature a triad of Penelope's as a part of the Myth Revitalized series. This episode will contain mentions of sexual assault, domestic violence, murder, and other such topics. Please listen responsibly and enjoy. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, listeners. This is Remington Miller, your host in Little Rock. Today I'll be interviewing Penelope, Penelope, and Penelope. Three very important and differing ladies will be joining us here today to discuss the way their journeys intertwine and intersect. The adaptations they arrive from have similarities and differences, and we're going to tackle what these comparisons tell us. Let's begin with having them identify themselves for the air. Hello, good evening. I'm Penelope from Ithaca, specifically Emily Wilson's translation of the Odyssey. It is lovely to be here this evening. Hello as well. Please just call me Addie. I am from Margaret Atwood's The Penelope Ad. Hi Remington, nice to meet you. I am Penelope, but for today it might just be easier to call me Pen. Thank you all. I will ask a question and let you three just answer in any order. Feel free to jump in or add on. With that, I think a great first place to start is to begin with where we met you three, in a sense. That was through the epic The Odyssey, or a retelling of it. Listeners, if you don't know, or it's been some years, Odysseus was a, according to some sources complicated man who was known to be a great trickster he went off to fight in the trojan war but had issues returning home most of his men died and he faced many perils why don't you three tell us about odysseus and his journey and how that turned the eyes of ithaca and beyond to you i think i can go first i was introduced as the wife to clever odysseus i was first identified as claiming to my son when athena approached him from then on, I was discussed for my clever plot on the loom and often shown weeping due to poets and performers talking about Odysseus. I decided to hold a contest with the suitors, an impossible task, and found my husband home soon after. He was always dutifully trying to get home, always worried about Nostos and missing me and our son. We reunited, and that's where it really ends, but it was lovely. He abandoned goddesses for me. Not so much for me. I was introduced by Odysseus when he was talking to a future affair partner. It was my mention that won her over, actually. Oh, um, would you like to elaborate on that, Pin? I can. My husband had an affair and illegitimate child with Circe, a nymph who lived on an island. For a year of his time away, he was with her. Some good it did him. Her father, Helios, struck down the majority of his men for eating sacred cattle. Briefly, did the rest of you ever hear about Circe? Intersect with her? Not beyond a whisper in our reunion. He called her clever. I heard the songs of turning his men into pigs, but that was just not the most important thing. Certainly no recollection of my Odysseus having an affair. No, my story is my own, much less who Odysseus slept with. Sorry, Penelope, but Pen is probably right. His version he gave you may have been true, give or take a few beautiful seductresses. But with that, I am in the beginning of my story, narrating it from a safer place. I would hardly say he's the centerpiece of my narrative, but I was reflecting when I was introduced about my life and what had come of it. Addie, I will go ahead and give the floor back to you since you segue so nicely into this question. The tale of clever and loyal Penelope is an old one. How do you think that tale permeates our culture today? As in, what kind of cultural impact do you think Penelope has? Ugh. Remy, I will tell you this. 
my loyalty became everything because I did not take a lover and kill my husband, even with rumors of me supposedly betting a suitor. I became an example, pristine. My fabricated and simplistic tale has become a blade to keep other women in line, to insist that to be good, they had to be all suffering, considerate and trustworthy. I would tell them all to disobey, to not follow my lead. There is nothing wrong with being considerate and trustworthy at all. So what if I set an example and was the good one? Many other women were torn apart for far less. I was known for being smart and clever enough to trick suitors as well. I think the Penelope story provides that subtle strength. <clears throat> Pen, anything to add? <clears throat> I think the story was held by Odysseus for far too long. In fact, women today, I think, have a more nuanced grasp that Homer most likely left out something. Clever women do not just sit and cry and do nothing. There is more to me, to us, than the scope of Odysseus's life. Penelope was only relevant in the epic after being his wife and before and during his return home. There was no before or after for her. Sorry, Penelope. I think retellings now offer that idea that many characters, especially women, existed outside of just helping the hero. And I think Penelope's story as a whole and adaptations are an inspiration to begin evaluating others in that same manner, knowing their stories mattered. My tale didn't stop when Odysseus's did, and it shouldn't have been the end with Homer's hand. In short, I think the story is not an answer, but maybe a starting point for thinking about these issues. Well said. Thank you, ladies. Penelope, you mentioned other women being torn apart for far less a little earlier. I would like to take the time to see about the women in your lives and just ask where they show up. What about Helen of Troy? Would any of you like to talk about her or maybe the cultural impact of Helen's story from someone who also made headlines? She began the Trojan War, which is what made my husband go away from me. Even if he did not really desire to go, and all he wanted to do once he left was come back home. Helen did not receive the same treatment I did. Her story is held up with the question of being an adulterer. She met my son, provided him with some information. Odysseus was behind the oath that promised to protect her. She thinks she was so great causing all that bloodshed. I was fighting my own battles on my home front. The men were coming to me, but they can never take me. However, I discussed in another interview with Mihoko Suzuki, it was foresight that saved me from her fate. Oh, that must have been a hard hurdle to get over, but we all know mostly what Helen did, but what was she like? I'm going to be really honest with you. She hardly came up beyond the war for me. I don't really have much to say about her, but she was excluded from the story as much as I was, existing within the parameters of a hero the gods were invested in. After talking with a friend of mine for a bit, she recalled that in her meeting with Odysseus, even she said Odysseus was not sure whether Helen was kidnapped or went with Paris willingly. Helen is awful and deserved everything she got. She was a manipulator and a terror. The fact the Trojan War happened was for men's pride. Helen was allegedly the most beautiful woman in Sparta, but her tale seems to end after she returns home. What happened beyond that? There's more to the story than someone like their appearance. I'm sorry. Why didn't you invite Helen here if you wanted to talk about her so much? She is a man-eater and made herself important just because she was beautiful. This interview certainly has you three at the center, but your stories intersect with each other just as much as they do other influential women. It is not just Helen, but what about the faithful maid Eurycleia? She was important to helping him come home. She recognized him first with a scar on his leg. I set it up for her to recognize him by bathing him and seeing the scar, and that often goes understated. 
It doesn't surprise me that a woman was able to recognize him. She nursed him after all. In the end, I personally found most of my support from the nymph Cersei. She helped teach me to become what I am today, the Witch of Aiea. Eurycleo really helped Odysseus. Eurycleo was a teacher. She never believed in my capability as a mother, taking Telemachus constantly. She helped teach me about Ithaca, which was full of rocks and goats, as Helen said it would be. When it came down to it, she told my husband and son to slaughter my maids. She called them whores and had them killed, roped them off as only twelve. They were so young and beautiful, raped and terrorized by the suitors. Slaves that were unable to refuse and flirt and accept gifts and then ignore the suitors, like I was doing. They brought me information and were my confidants. You let those girls guide your story far too much. That guilt is too heavy. It is mine to handle. You and Penn never addressed it. You let men lead your story. They were the tragedy in mine. It is unfortunate for you. I will tell you something. You know no peace. They chase him for eons for his injustice. Even with Hades, they are on him like hounds. You are lying. He was a hero, and we get to be happy. They separate us in life. They cannot in death. He is just as breathless. Just as he is now. Nothing changed. Deep down, I think he's glad they chase him. Listen, Odysseus is flawed, but... You stay out of this. What do you know? You ended up a witch on an island exiled. Never regarded the maids that were lost or your husband's death. <gasps> Speculating about the dead is not really an on-air topic. Things have gotten a little tense. Let me redirect the interview. I would like to hear your thoughts on this. What was Odysseus like when he came home? We stayed up the entire night. It was beautiful. I listened to every story he had. It was the longest night. Like it was faded and held just for us. Paranoid. Always troubled by that next prophecy. Death did not matter as much. He got what he really wanted. He couldn't be a nobody. And he wasn't. He was paranoid. That's what led to his death. He tried to strike Telegonus and he acted in self-defense. He was his own undoing. It is what fate and Athena does to heroes. That's why I had to take Telemachus. And you ended up a witch. A witch! What are people supposed to think of me now? Actually, before we get too far from the topic, what about Athena? She put me to sleep often. I was angry she sent my son on that journey without my knowledge. And Penelope, a really quick question. I know in another interview with Lillian E. Doty, she compared you and Athena both, both as foils to Odysseus. Would you like to talk a little bit about that experience? Athena had divinity on her side and loved disguises almost as much as my husband did. She was always privy to the plots he was scheming up, and I was often all alone, fending for myself, hoping not to get in the way. He was the cunning one, but I was the one who held the suitors off with cunning. He killed them with brute force. She said the goddess was much less emotional, but these days, it is hard to tell. I was not fond of that interview. It implied my cunning was to his service only. Not that I was not a loyal wife. I was. But my cunning was severely understated by Homer and by the wise goddess herself. They thought I did not recognize him. They thought I did not hear. I always knew, but I needed time. My test to him was that. 
She is greedy. She takes our sons and husbands and uses them in her wars, her adventures. They give her glory and she takes from them. And we leave with even less of them than promised. I was closer to him than her and she kept taking from me. That is why I went to Aiea in the first place. If she was so clever, why did she let them kill the maids, hmm? She is not as noble as she acts. <laughs> okay, so Athena is not a fan favorite. That's fair. But it was clear she still had a large interest in your lives. I heard it was she who manipulated Zeus into setting Odysseus free. But before I hear responses, let's take a brief break. Listeners, we will return after these short messages. Times have been uncertain and troubling for some time now. It can be easy to feel isolated and alone, for you to no longer know which path to take. That is why listeners of this podcast can get a discount for 20% off over at Tiresias' Fortune Teller Shack. The blind prophet will answer questions about those pesky uncertainties and insecurities in your life. Having served great hero Odysseus and even recommended by Circe, you cannot go wrong. However, the great Tiresias requires fresh blood and patience for any readings, and he offers no guarantee or additional clarity. To book readings at our underworld office, please go to hell. Dot com. That's hell. H-E-L-L dot com. Listeners, welcome back. We are sitting down with Penelope, Penn, and Addie today to discuss the way their adaptations differ and share similarities. Now, back to Athena, who we briefly mentioned. We talked about her hand in his homecoming. What does that say about your role in Odysseus' story or journey? I was his motivation to get home. He admired me, his loyal wife, Penelope. I protected his son, confronted the suitors about their plot to kill our son. I ran Ithaca well. I did what I could in my station. There were limitations to what women could do. And there are ways to break those boundaries. I existed after he left, but coming home to me was something he said he wanted. But honestly, I'm not so sure it was. I took Telemachus to Aiea because it was safe from Athena. No one could approach. I was part of what allowed Circe to be interested in him. He actually mentioned me, a wife, unlike many other men she had met. Most wives don't make it to the story at all, so I suppose I am grateful I could be of use to him while he was out there. He was always trying for glory, but I would have been alright with him coming home safely. Odysseus, in my story, was a foreboding presence. The world still catered to him, not plain Jane Penelope. I cannot say there was true love with me. I was very young when I became his wife. When he built the sacred bed, he's dead now so I can say it. The one in the tree that could not be moved? He told me if others knew about it, he would kill me, cutting me up with his sword or hanging me from the roof beam. He laughed, but I was scared. That, that is how he saw fates for disappointing, unloyal women. Death by sword or hanging, just like the maids. I'm sorry to you three for every loss you've endured. Let's end this insightful chat today with some lighter questions. What would you consider your greatest accomplishment? Becoming a witch. 
I once asked Cersei what made a witch. She told me it was mostly Will. That's what got me through the waiting, the suitors. I set up an altar in private for the slave girls that were hanged. I'm proud that I have not let them be forgotten. Lamentation will not revive them, but it will honor them. For too long they were forgotten. I will remove my strict myth of perfect loyalty and announce their injustice every chance I get. I was proud to have run Ithaca so well in Odysseus's absence, despite the trouble. I raised a son on my own, and he had his own adventure. And for a brief time, I had both of them in my home, and I stood on my own two feet. I could be proud of a thousand tricks and deceived suitors, but I think you have all heard so much about that. Thank you so much. And for a fun final question, you three can go in any order, but each of you can only have one answer. Which role do you feel best embodies you? Wife, mother, or weaver? If I had to choose, I think I would pick wife. It was what my husband called me after his return and passing of the trick I laid for him. He recognized his bed. He called me his woman and then identified me among many as wife. That, coupled along with his proving to be true, brought me to tears, reconciling my heart and body. I will cut in before Pen. I would choose mother. Telemachus may not have been a real center of the story I was trying to tell, but it was how I felt to those young girls. Eurycleia let me have them, and them alone, only to have them killed. It scared me. For many reasons, I was responsible for those twelve maids. It is not upsetting to me to be left with Weaver. My bravery and willingness to mate with Cersei and convincing our son to take us to that island was weaving a plot. I am proud of where it led me and who I ended up becoming, even if it was without Odysseus. It was because of him and my ability to overcome that I was finally free, and I am not sorry for that. Penelope, Pen, and Addie, thank you. Your insight truly revitalizes a culture beyond compare, filling it with discussions about women and their roles along with feminism and joy. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing your stories. Listeners, please stay tuned for after-show comments with your host. This has been an interview with host Remington Miller. It was recorded in December of 2021. listeners, my name is again Remington Miller. After that first interview of Myth Revitalized, I wanted to make sure the show hit on certain topics. All three ladies that were with us today endured journeys that were full of hardships and loss. Myself and the producers hope that this sparks a conversation about the agency allowed by female authors like Miller and Atwood versus the tightness of Homer. These retellings explore womanhood in the terms and relations of other women in the story and in society. All three had important things to offer the conversation, from the classical Penelope's defense of her loyalty to Atwood's Penelope's guilt surrounding the woman she was in charge of. Their stories, ambitions, and answers all add to an ongoing initiative to put women back into the narrative.